Please pray with me. God, there is nothing. There is nothing that is better than you. Help us to remember that, Lord. Speak to us this day and remind us that you do turn beauty from ashes, that you turn our graves into gardens, and that you are the only one who can. Thank you, Lord, for blessing us with those words, but thank you for being true to them on our behalf. Give us ears to hear the message that you would speak to your church this day. Lord, give us hearts to receive it. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. All right, there is a town in the Netherlands, and it's built kind of close to water, and it's on low grounds, like below sea level. Uh, And they have constructed a whole series of levees and dams that are designed to hold back the water and keep that town dry. And for the most part, those things work pretty well. But on this day, actually January 31st, back in 1953, there was a storm that hit their area. And the sea level started to rise dangerously high, and it was threatening to overwhelm their levees. And so the people of the town worked as fast as they could in order to place um, walls of sandbags to try and keep the water from flooding their town and from destroying all of their crops and thereby causing them hunger and financial devastation. And uh, the problem was that the water was rising so fast that the people could not get the walls of sandbags built quickly enough. But now not far from the flood zone, there was a Dutch Reformed church where the townspeople knew that since it was Sunday, there would be many, many able bodies who would be there and be in a position to help. And so the townspeople went to this church and they pleaded with the church people and the preacher even tried to encourage the church people to lend a hand and help out. But the elders of the church said no. It is the Sabbath, and the Lord has commanded us not to work. That constitutes work, and so we're not going to do it. And the preacher, he tried to encourage them by using this very scripture that we heard Irene read for us this morning. And the people stood firm in the church. They said, listen, we didn't really like it when Jesus broke the Sabbath either. And they did not offer Their assistance is a true story in the sandbagging. And so the town did flood and the crops were destroyed. And it took quite some time before those townspeople recovered from that devastating loss. Now here's my question. Were the people of the church right or wrong in their decision not to offer assistance on the Sabbath? Were they right or wrong? And here's my other question. If you were placed in that same position today, what would be your line of reasoning in concluding whether or not you would be hauling sand on a Sunday? I feel like at least some of us would say, well, it is my day of rest, but those people have a dire need and I, yes, will help and I will pitch in. And then there might be some of us who say, I'll help. We don't observe the Sabbath in this day and age anyway. And then I feel like there might even be a couple that say, dude, I got a bad back. It doesn't matter what day of the week it is. I am not hauling sand. But I think that in order to make that decision about what we do or what we not do on the Sabbath, we ought to take a look at what Sabbath is, what it was meant for, 
And how do we versus how should we observe it in our lives today? So what is the Sabbath? And why should it matter to us in 2021? That's the question. I'm going to tell you the answer is the Sabbath is commandment number four. Okay? We read in Exodus chapter 20, verses 8 to 11, the Lord says this, Remember the Sabbath day by keeping it holy. Six days you shall labor and do all your work, but the seventh day is a Sabbath to the Lord your God. On it you shall not do any work, neither you nor your sons or daughters nor your servants or animals. For in six days the Lord made the heaven and the earth and the sea and all that is in them, but he rested on the seventh day. Therefore the Lord blessed the Sabbath and made it holy. Okay, so having read that, Sabbath is the day that God has asked us commanded us, in fact, to set aside, to rest, to focus on worship, to restore and replenish ourselves so that we can be well both spiritually and physically. And even before God commanded us to observe the Sabbath, he set the example for us of observing the Sabbath. There's a book that I had to read in seminary. It is called The Emotionally Healthy Leader. And it offers a definition of Sabbath that I grabbed right onto when I was in seminary. And it says this, Biblical Sabbath is the 24-hour block of time in which we stop work, enjoy rest, practice delight, and contemplate God. Stop work, enjoy rest, practice delight, and contemplate God. And I will tell you, I personally believe, and my experience has shown me that there is no more beautiful way to spend one day of the week. The sad thing is that many people today have just completely thrown out the practice of honoring the Sabbath. We don't observe it on the seventh day like they did in the Old Testament, that's Saturday. And we don't observe it on the first day that became customary for Christians after Christ arose. Why is that? Why is it? We don't throw out the other nine commandments that God gave us in the book of Exodus, and yet we tend not to keep this one. Why is it that you and I today tend to neglect the wonderful rest that God offers us. Well, in addition to the fact that we often fall prey to following our society more than we follow the word of God, we let busyness swallow up our lives. I think in part, the reason that people don't observe the, the Sabbath is because of today's scripture. People often read it and they misinterpret it as Jesus doing away with the Sabbath. But I would propose to you, if we do a deeper reading, that Jesus is not doing away with the Sabbath in this scripture and in the other gospel accounts that describe the same days. He is clarifying for us the Sabbath. He's clarifying so that you and I may receive the full life-giving blessing that God intends for us. And here's the first way Jesus clarifies. He helps us understand that the Sabbath is not a day for burdensome rules. It's not a day for burdensome rules. God gave us a very simple instruction. 
don't work on the Sabbath. But the people of God weren't entirely certain what work entailed, what was defined as work. And so the religious leaders, the scribes and the Pharisees, they got together and they started to define what was considered to be work. And they came up with 39 categories and they wrote very specific rules, nearly impossible rules, about what one could and could not do on the Sabbath and still be honoring the Lord. The problem with that is that the people were literally burdened by all those rules. And then there became this system of failure and guilt and judgment and condemnation that if one wasn't perfectly able to keep all of these rules that were really man-made rules and not God-given laws, that they were not honoring God. And as a result, instead of bringing life and bringing rest to the people, these rules caused a lot of anxiety and a lot of unrest in the people. Now granted, these man-made laws were made in hopes of honoring God. They were made with a good idea in mind and a good purpose, but somehow God's simple instructions about observing the Sabbath got lost in the rules. Sabbath got lost in the religion. And so our scripture opens up today with Jesus and his disciples feeling hungry. And so they pick some wheat and they rub it in their hands to get the kernels so that they have something to eat. Now, technically, that action violates four of the 39 laws that the religious leaders had put into place. And so the Pharisees are right there to point that out to Jesus and to condemn him for breaking the Sabbath laws. And Jesus responds by reminding them of a time when David was hungry. David and his people were on the run because Saul was out to kill them and they were hungry. So they went to the priest in the town that they were in and they asked for food. And the priest said, well, listen, all I got is the showbread. It's been consecrated. It's been in service in the temple for a week. And, and it's only supposed to be eaten by the priests, but you're hungry. And so I want you to have it and you should eat it. And so David ate it and he gave it to his companions. Now, this doesn't have much to do with the Sabbath. Because we aren't certain that this happened to David on the Sabbath. But Jesus tells this story to remind the Pharisees of a little thing called mercy. And that let them know that a rule can rightfully be broken when one is extending mercy, when it comes to great hunger. Folks, in his love and in his mercy... God gave us a day of Sabbath so that the people back then and so that you and I today could rest, so that we could rest. God didn't intend that we should have to worry about whether or not we're doing it right. Sabbath should not stress you out. It should fill you up. And so Sabbath is not a day to be forgotten and it is not a day for burdensome rules. But Sabbath is a day for liberating boundaries. Did you ever notice that there aren't any stories in the Bible about Jesus dealing with an exhausted person who never takes the Sabbath? There aren't any. There aren't any. And that's because Jews made the Sabbath a priority in their lives. 
It was a priority. The Jews were very careful and they were uncompromising when it came to observing the Sabbath. It was part of their identity as the people of God that they set aside time as instructed by God to honor God on that day. And they did not let anything get in the way of that. That's why you don't read about an exhausted person who didn't observe the Sabbath. But somehow, folks, today in 2021, you and I are not quite that uncompromising when it comes to our own Sabbath time. Which is why we often let the weeks of the days of the week pass us right by without stopping for our God-appointed rest. Carl and I were married in this sanctuary in 1986, and it is a day that will forever live in my heart. But let me tell you one thing I really remember about it. My dad walked me down the aisle. We came through that door and we walked right up this aisle. And I was sobbing and blubbering, as was my dad. And up here stood the man of my dreams, my husband. And when I got to the end of the aisle, I noticed that he had just one little tear. Just one little tear was trickling down his face. And I said to him, you're crying. And he said, I am. I am. Because I'm thinking about all the girls in the world who are going to miss out on this. I said, what? I, what? You are? And he said, yeah, because in a minute, I'm going to say yes, and I'm going to marry you, and you and I are going to be together forever. And when I say yes to you, it's as if I'm saying no to all of them. All right, I, I tease. He really did not say that to me. But what I want to tell you that story, because I want you to understand that there are things in this life that you and I are going to have to say no to in order that we can say yes to God. There are boundaries that are going to have to be set so that you and I can liberate some time that we would spend with God. Okay? So... Uh, you might need to say no to the overtime shift that your boss offers to you. Gentlemen, you might need to say no to your wife about doing a home improvement project on your day off like she asks you to. You might need to say no to your kids when the Sundays start to get a little bit too filled up with sports. You have to say no to Facebook and you have to say no to emails and all of the things that threaten to swallow up your time. Because if you don't set some healthy boundaries, you're not going to have any time left to spend with your God. You got to say no to these things so that you can be free to say yes to God. We literally need to set boundaries on what we can do so that we can liberate some time to spend resting, focusing on God, renewing our spirits and refreshing our souls. I promise you, I promise you, when you protect the time and when you choose to use it honoring the Sabbath, God works through that. He works through that. And Sabbath then becomes so much more than just a day of rest. Sabbath becomes a day to have your needs met. Luke 6 also tells us of a man who went to church on another Sabbath when Jesus was teaching. 
And this man had a shriveled right hand. Now, let me take a moment to help you understand the implications of that, okay? Back then, it was the right hand that you extended to greet someone when you met them because your left hand was used for other things. I will call them personal hygiene, okay? And this man was disgraced because he could not extend a proper hand to meet people when he would encounter them, okay? He couldn't touch his wife's face, this man. He couldn't accomplish any of the things that required a hand to accomplish. Like by show of non-shriveled hands, who's ever had your arm or your hand broken and stuck in a cast? You can't do what it is that you have to do. And back in that day, someone with an infirmity was looked upon as a sinner because it was thought that Illnesses and infirmities were the result of sin. And so he would have been looked at as someone who was a sinner, as an outcast. But this man came to church. He set aside that day to rest. And he set aside that day to meet with the Lord and worship God. Now Luke doesn't tell us in the scripture that this man ever even asked to be healed. Luke only tells us that he came to observe the Sabbath. And as he did, Jesus knew his need. And on that day, his greatest need was met. You and I can have confidence too that if we take the time to spend with the Lord, if we set aside time, if we obey his command to observe the Sabbath and to rest with and in him, your needs will be met. Now, how are your needs going to be met? I'll tell you, God fills us spiritually when we spend time with him. He fills us spiritually. We are reminded when we spend time with the Lord of who our God is and how our God is working in our lives. I wonder how many of you have ever opened your Bible to spend time with God and read the word of the Lord and been moved or strengthened or reminded, or just drawn close. God fills us up spiritually. He also fills us emotionally when we come to him. Come to me, all you who are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. This is the invitation from Jesus. When you are burned with stress and anxiety, when you feel overwhelmed, Rest in God's goodness and grace. Rest in his protection over you and in his provision for you. And you will be filled emotionally. And God fills us spiritually, I'm sorry, physically, when we rest in him. Be still, he said, and know that I am God. I tell you, it is so difficult to be still in 2021. And yet that's when we are filled with strength and energy. And that's when we are replenished. If I am a glass of water and I'm pouring and pouring and pouring and pouring every day of the week, how will I ever be refilled if I don't stop pouring in order to be refilled? That's why it's so important it's so important even today to make time for Sabbath with the Lord. Sabbath is a day to commune with the Lord. In Luke 6, 5, Jesus said this. He said, the Son of Man is the Lord of the Sabbath. There is only one true way for you and I as Christians 
to experience truly Sabbath, and that is in Christ. In Christ. Listen, it doesn't matter how many days you take off of work. And it doesn't matter how many vacations you go on. And it doesn't matter how many Sunday afternoons you movies you watch or how many quiet walks you take. You will feel unsatisfied. You will feel unrested. You will feel unfilled if you do not spend that time and those activities while focusing on and communing with the Lord Jesus Christ. Why? Because Jesus is our Sabbath rest. Jesus is our Sabbath rest. Jesus stepped down from heaven into the chaos of our sinful world. Jesus took our imperfect lives and he made them right before God through his death, burial, and resurrection. Jesus is the one who took the worry from our future. He took the anxiety from our present and he took the shame from our past so that you and I could be made new. He is our Sabbath rest. And when you and I commune with him, when we connect to him, we are reminded time and time again that we just don't have to work all that hard to earn the love of God all we need to do is trust. All we need to do is receive Jesus. All we need to do is be in and with him. And folks, Sabbath is a day to do good things. Jesus clarified that for us. In verse 9, he looked at those Pharisees and he asked them a question. He said, which is lawful on the Sabbath? To do good or to do evil? To save a life or destroy it? I'm going to give you the answer, okay? On the Sabbath, followers of Christ are called to do good and we're called to save lives. It's as simple as that. The Pharisees, in their holy righteousness, were breaking their own laws by working so hard to try and trap Jesus and find a way to justify killing him. And Jesus, through that question, was letting them know that he fully understood that. Jesus said to them, you are working so hard to trap me. Hey, what if you spent your time on the Sabbath feeding the hungry instead? Which of those activities do you think would honor God more? You're trying to take a life, but if you want to honor God, you should be trying to save a life. That's what Jesus was saying to those Pharisees. All right, now you know all about what God intended for the Sabbath. You know how Jesus clarified it, and you know some of the reasons that you and I aren't always faithful in observing it. And you know that when we neglect the Sabbath rest, we don't get filled, and we feel empty and overwhelmed and lost. Now you know all these things, okay? What are we going to do about that? What are you going to do about that? Pastors Johnson and Joanne and I, our job is to look at the scriptures and teach you what they mean. And I hope that I've done that here today, but that's only half of our job. The other half of our job is to show you how to take what you just learned and put it into practice. We need to give you something to do with this new knowledge so when you walk out this door on Sunday afternoon, you are changed. You are drawn closer to God and you are better living with him and in him for it. And so here's what I'm going to give you to do. This is your action plan. This is a challenge to you. 
observe the Sabbath. Let's make it a point to observe the Sabbath. I don't care if you just try it one day this week. Just do it once. Because when you do it once, God is going to show you that your time together with him is so fulfilling and so fruitful. You're going to want to do it every single week. But let's just start with today. Put on the shelf today the home improvement project. Don't shovel the snow till tomorrow. Spend some time doing what matters. Worship God. Enjoy your family. Take a much needed rest. Read the Bible. Sing some worship songs. I promise you, God is going to fill you when you do those things. Sunday is reserved time for me. I guard it with my life. Here's how it works for me. You can choose any day of the week that you want. I choose Sunday and I start by worshiping in church, spending time fellowshipping with the people of God and with God himself. Then I spend some afternoon time later on in the Bible, looking up and reading and researching and praying about whatever scripture was preached on that Sunday. Sometimes I take a nap. I go out to lunch with my family. Maybe we spend time watching a movie together. We turn on Alexa and tell her to play Christian music. We dance and we sing around the kitchen. We share some joy in the Lord. Carl and I, sometimes we take time for date night. And I finish my day by going to bed and praying and thanking God for all of the blessings and the family and the wonderful things he's doing and has done in my life. I usually fall asleep on God in the middle of the prayer. But let me tell you, I wake up on Monday and I am refreshed and I'm refueled and I am renewed and I am ready to face the week ahead of me, no matter what comes my way. And it's because I take time every week to enjoy Sabbath with the Lord. And so my challenge for you today is take time and enjoy Sabbath with the Lord. You will come to a point where you will not trade that for the world. Your God knows what he is talking about when he commands you to rest in him. And so won't you do that today? Won't you let him fill you? You rest in God and rest in the way he works for you. Why? Because Sabbath isn't a day for burdensome rules. It's a day for liberating boundaries. It's a day to have your needs met. It's a day to commune with your Lord. And it's a day to do good. And it'll do you some good. Why don't you go ahead and honor the Sabbath today. Heavenly Father, thank you that you remind us to stop, to be still, to rest in you. Thank you that you sent your son to clear away all the anxiety to make us new, to fill us once again. Help us, Lord, to shut out all the distractions and just take some time with you. Be with us, Lord, fill us and send us out to do good. We love you, Lord, in Jesus' name we pray, amen.